0: Praise the Lord. Amen. And if you saw me drinking coffee before we came on the air, oh, he's always drinking coffee. Anyway, um, we just got done singing, and oh, my word. We had a good time. And uh, praising the Lord. Hey, don't forget, um, when you give today, to either put it in the plate in the back of the church, or um, just take out your phone, go to Tithely and give right there on Tithely and... Uh, for those who are watching at home, um, it's scrolling on your screen right now, and uh, that is so. isn't For those who watch on Sunday, isn't that cool that um, Corey came up with a way of scrolling information? Now we look like we're uh, some news organization having the stuff scroll across, yeah, you know, or the NFL, you know, and our trade is going through right now. We're trading sin for Jesus, hallelujah, and uh, that is the best thing. Well, Welcome to New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufal. We're located at 1021 South Center Street here in beautiful Wapiton, North Dakota. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get right into the Word because that's what you came here for, not to hear me give a commercial. Um, I do want to thank all the ladies who worked so hard yesterday at our Twice Blessing Closet. We had more people yesterday than we did the month before, and I believe it's going, we're going to be sold out because um, people are going to um, have need of our service. Yes, a twice-blessing closet. It's our clothes closet, and we have clothes for newborns all the way up to old ladies. And so that's all I'm going to say on that. Carol, do you feel like I'm picking on you? Oh, good, good. (laughs) She just looked at me. I thought she was going to say, I'm not an old lady. Well, you... Anyway. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I want to talk to us about this today. The picture of true salvation. The picture of true salvation. And um, one of the things I want us to see is there's justice and Jesus. Justice and Jesus go hand in hand. I'm not talking about um, when you hear social justice. I reject the social justice. I am for God's justice. Why? Because God's justice does not use prejudice and racism to fix racism. come on. And social justice teaches communism but God's justice doesn't do that. <clears throat> and God's justice shows us that we are all equal in his eyes. Doesn't talk about equity. Where I steal from hell to give to Carol so they have the same amount. That's just equity. God looks at us in, with a quality that they are on the same terms. Just because Hal is a male doesn't make him better than Carol, who's a female. When God looked at them both, he sees the same. He sees their hearts. He sees his children. And he loves them both equally. That's the difference between, um, between those things. That's why I go with God's justice. And it's all in Jesus Christ who came to save us and to... Jesus says there's no... Paul puts it even plain. There's not neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male nor female in God's eyes when it comes to our salvation. Not one is better than the other. Now we do know that... Well, I'm not going to get into that today. I want to get into the message here. I almost went on a path I didn't want to really go on today. It would be easy to do, but I'm not going there. I'm going to go where the Holy Spirit told me to go today. That's more important. And and the picture of true salvation is what I want to talk about today. But first, we need to see that God is making a case here in Micah 6. We're going to start off with Micah 6, one through three. Hear now what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O oh, ye mountains, the Lord's complaint, and you strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a complaint against his people. And he will contend with Israel. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. And we praise you. And Lord, we do not want to be a stiff-necked people. But Lord, we want to be humble in your sight. We want to love your mercy and your grace. We want to offer that to others. And Lord, we want to be humble before You And Lord, we want to do justly, because if we do justly, we're going to tell everyone how to be saved, so they can be set free in you. We love you, Lord, and thank you for your anointing in this place this morning. We glorify you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Did you hear what the Lord... The Lord has a call here to repentance. And the people are so stiff-necked, they will not repent. So God is making his case here before he gets into what true salvation looks like. And he calls nature as a witness against his people. It says here, hear now what the Lord says. All right, please your plead your case. He the nature is acting like <clears throat> it's the jury. God had given him, them his law, but the people now were just going through the motions. But they did not live by them. You know what? We're seeing that in our world today. America was a mighty nation, truly blessed. But we have, by large, rejected our God. So God brings as a jury nature itself. Listen again. Now hear me. Hear now what the Lord says. God has been saying, Are you listening already? What more do I need to do? I've I've shooken you. You've had droughts. You've had tornadoes. You even had pestilence called COVID. Are you awake yet, church? Are you ready to repent, church? Why do I say church? Because judgment starts at the house of the Lord. Unless my people who are called by my name humble themselves. And turn from their wicked ways. We would do that. Then he says, "I will hear from heaven and heal their land." We can't even pray in school, and I mean, a child tries to pray over his noon meal. Supreme Court says he can't, but there's always somebody in the school who says you can't do that. A football coach goes ahead and kneels and prays on his football field with no, just by himself, and he gets fired. Kids want to pray at graduation and they're told they can't do it they can't mention the name of Jesus why what are they afraid of because at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and it's going to happen even those who aren't saved at the judgment will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord they will get on their knees but it's going to be too late There's a day approaching, and it'll be too late to get saved. Now is the day of salvation. So God says to the children of Israel, says to us, Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's complaint. Now the Lord's going to give his complaint. And you strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a complaint against his people, and he will contend with Israel. Ooh. Can we say he's contending with us today? And it's not just (laughs) the United States. The whole world is being shook. We we get so focused on ourselves. We think because we're Americans, we're the best. Uh, You know, we are, but you know what? Uh-oh, I've got to humble myself. But the Lord is actually dealing with the whole world. Because right now, Christians are the most persecuted people on the planet. Don't believe me, ask the UN, they'll tell you. But I find this interesting in verse 3. Can it ever be said that God has wronged us? Well, you might get upset with God once in a while. Has anybody ever done that? Come on, let's be, let, let's be real now. Come on. The cameras aren't on you, so you don't have to worry. It's just on me. How about you guys at home? Have you ever gotten upset with God? He understands that. Right? He understands that. And God says, in verse 3, O my people, what have I done to you? And how have I worried you? And then he says, testify against me. Bring it. Isn't that what he's saying? But but does God cause our problems? Hmm. Isn't our problems, listen to me now, isn't our problems brought on by the decisions we make? Oh, 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 I can't wait to get on my motorcycle. Oh, ha, 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 ha. I got it all ready to go. I'm getting on it. It's supposed to get up to 40, but we had an ice storm this morning. And I'm getting on it this morning. And room room room. And then we wonder why we wipe out. God, why did you do this to me? No, he didn't do it. You made a choice to go out while it was still icy instead of waiting until the sun melted the ice right but god made the ice but he also gave you a brain you could have chosen to wait till noon but i couldn't wait the silly things we do huh? (laughs) you know a lot of times that's where that old saying comes from our mouths to god's ear and he laughs." laughs right My word, how many times has he laughed at us? Our problems can be caused by others. Yeah. We all know those. And if I started a list right now, you start adding to it and we'd be here all day by how some of our problems are caused by others. But again, they usually, because we allow those others in our lives. Almost sounds like Adam and Eve, right? Adam, what did you do? And Adam says, It's that woman you made me. Uh oh, he's blaming God for a bad decision he made. Come on. And then he's blaming the person he says caused the problem, Eve. Um, no, Adam, you were standing right, if you read the story correctly. Adam is standing right there and listening to her talking to the snake in the tree. Because it says, and she turned and gave her husband the fruit to eat. And what did he do? Oh, she just looked at him. You know, just imagine the most beautiful woman in the world to your mind eye. She could be, she could be a brunette, a redhead, a blonde, whatever just match. She could have brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, and she just bats them at at Adam. Here, honey, take a bite. And he goes, and that's been the problem with men ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Whose fault was it? It was Adam's. He could have Shut the whole thing off. He could have grabbed that snake around the neck and threw him out of the garden, kundian. Now, this is an interesting conversation we're, they're having here. Oh, I'm going to listen to this. It doesn't make any sense to me, but man, he's a good salesman. He, he, he's going to be able to work in advertising one day. And he falls for it. And who does Jesus hold responsible for the fall of mankind? Who does Jesus hold responsible for sin coming in the world? Adam. Because when God made the world, he said, it is good. No cancer, no COVID, no broken limbs no people getting angry, no suicide, none of that, no bankruptcy, no bills. I mean, it was good. And what does Adam do? He bites into the fruit. Now we got cancer, we get the cold, we get the COVID, we get the, all the problems, all because Adam couldn't be obedient. And he let Eve talk to the snake in the tree. And of course, Eve says, it was that snake you made. The only one who had any sense was the snake. He looked around, there was nobody to blame, and he, slithered, and he ended up losing his legs and slithering off. Well, did you know, know that? Snakes used to have legs. But God cursed the snakes, so they slither off. In fact, he's got such a sense of humor, there's still a snake in the world that has two back feet. Two little legs with back feet, just because God's got a sense of humor. You don't believe me, snakes had legs? Look at this one over here. (laughs) I made the snake, so if I want to take away his legs, I can take away his legs. Stop contradicting me. Well, we do that all the time, don't we? (sighs) Nowhere in the Word of God... Can you find that it is God who caused our problem? Or our problems. But he always has a solution and deliverance from our problem. The greatest demonstration of the solution that God came up for our problem was Calvary itself. What Jesus did on the cross for you and me. He volunteered. He's God. Okay, Galatians tells us it was Jesus who God spoke it, but Jesus did all the creating. He made it all. And then what does he do? In the creation story, he gets down, everything is spoken into being. Let there be birds, birds. Right? Little birds, big bird. Right. Let there be fish, whales, rhinoceroses, right? All, all the animals that ever lived, dodo birds. Do you know they're, gonna bring, they're working on bringing the dodo bird back? Uh, watch Jurassic Park. They're doing exactly what they're doing there. And, and they're also working on bringing back the saber-toothed tiger. Why? And then there's this this other big fish that has razor sharp teeth with a uh, they're they're working on bringing that why okay just because you can doesn't mean you should do it right Dr Fauci just because you can doesn't mean you should have done it Hindsight is always better than foresight, right? I bet if Fauci had to do it again, he. Never mind, we're not going there. That's politics, right? Oh. Sometimes man just does the dumbest things and messes things up, and then we get COVID 19. Come on. But Jesus volunteered, who created everything, comes down and dwells amongst us. He is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And he comes down, he dwells amongst us, he comes as a baby so that nobody can say, you don't understand what I'm going through. Think about that. He's smart. You can't say to Jesus, you don't know what I'm going through, because he came as a baby. And he had to grow up just like you and me. Then, get this, his adopted dad dies. His adopted dad dies. So now Jesus, the guy that he's close to who teaches him how to be a carpenter, he's dead and all of a sudden in the Near East culture he is now the head of the house, not Mary. And he's got to run the business but God sent me here to do ministry, but now he's got to run the business because his brothers aren't old enough to take over yet. Waited until he was 30 years old before he could start his ministry, didn't he? Of course, back then, then you were considered a real adult at 30. And he had sisters. Now, don't tell me he doesn't understand what it means to grow up with a sister. He had a couple of them. And then, in their culture, yeah, they want to get married. Mary comes to Jesus and says, "Okay, um, your sister fell in love with Bob. I've checked Bob out. I had the background check. I called, you know, I took a blood <laughs> sample and uh, sent it off to the FBI and <laughs> had this background check done on him. He seems like he's an okay guy." And Jesus says, "I'll see about that." <laughs> and she sends Jesus. She's already, Mary's got it all taken care of. She's already talked to the to the boy's mom. It's all taken, but they have to convince the fathers that it's their idea. But Jesus already knew all this stuff, and he's just chuckling to himself. Yeah, I, I picked out Bob a long time ago for her. Because, you know, being Jesus, he knew who her soulmate was. And so he had to go and arrange the marriage. But can you imagine? Now he's got to pay the dowry. Sister to get married. Thank God, back then the father of the groom took care of all the costs of the wedding. But he had to go, um, <laughs> he had to pay the dowry. So don't tell Jesus he doesn't understand what you're going through. And then his best friend, Lazarus, died. There's a reason why he was weeping at the tomb because he really didn't want to bring him back to this world because he knew Lazarus was in a better place. But he starts crying because this is his friend. And he raises him from the dead. And then a guy who's supposed to be his friend Judas betrays him. Haven't you ever been there? You know, you've got a buddy that's supposed to be your friend and he betrays you he stabs you in the back. You know, we've all been there. So you can't tell Jesus you don't... Don't tell Jesus he doesn't understand when it, when you have a loved one who's sick comes to Peter's house. He's been staying at Peter's house. Gotten to know the family, Peter's wife and the kids, Peter's mother-in-law. He's out preaching at the synagogue on Saturday morning. They all come back to Peter's house and they're expecting a good meal. Jesus walks in and the best cook in the house is laying in bed, sick. She had to be the best cook, because he immediately heals her. (laughs) She made the best biscuits. Peter's wife could not make biscuits like her mom could, (laughs) let alone peanut butter cookies. Oh, now I'm talking about doors, right? (laughs) My word. I saw on the menu while we were gone, caramel roll. I almost got it. But then I thought, no, how could it compare to what I've had in the past? Jesus went, healed her. And how many times does Scripture say that he came across the people and they were like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion. He knows what you're going through because he lived in this world too. He had to get up and go to work just like you and me. He wanted to sleep in, but no, he had to get up, the alarm clock went off, and he had to get up and go to work. Right. But Jesus volunteered, came down, and when was time, just like you and me, oh Father, this cup could just pass from me. I, I know I gotta do it but the human side of me don't want to do it it's going to hurt but not my will but yours be done and Jesus volunteered and went to the cross and then paul writes in romans chapter 5 and he caught he he cons- no not chapter 5 I'm sorry but the bible says paul writes that he considered it all what joy to die on the cross for you and me because when he looked down from the cross what did he see? he saw your face and that's what caused him to have joy I can suffer here for a little while because compared to eternity this is a very short time but because I saw your face and now you have the opportunity to be saved so you can be with me forever boy this is joy And if you read the description of what it meant to be crucified and the agony you went through and what it did to your body, how can that be joy? The only way is because he could see through eternity because his God's side can do this, and he saw you. And he was happy to do it. And when you bring all of your problems, all of your sin, all of your heartache, all of your addictions to the cross, and give them to Jesus. Jesus says first says, Father, forgive them. My word, Tim, it sounds like he was talking about you and me. Forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Right? And then he says, It is finished. All of your problems, all of your heartache, all of your sickness, all your disease, all of your addiction, if you just leave it with Jesus. That's how he, that's when he starts transforming your life. It is, but most of us don't realize, when he said it is finished, he was talking to us, personally. We just think, oh, it's finished, he's ready to die. Because the next thing is, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, and he gave up the ghost, And right? But when we don't realize, it is finished, he was talking about what's going on in your life, if we just give it to him. And sometimes, man, when we get saved, do we turn everything over? No. My word. We're humans. We don't, we, 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 we don't know that we're supposed to do everything. We just thought, oh, Lord, forgive me all my sins. Yay. We feel so good because he forgave us all our sins. But when we find out in the atonement everything else is covered, wow and we just take it to the cross. We just go to the altar. The altar is where you bow in your heart before God. Now, we got the altars up front here where you can come and kneel and pray, and that just makes it easier for us to kneel and pray, right? But the altar, the true altar is in your heart. But we get out of the way and let Jesus be real and do his work. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, that's Romans 5 8, Christ died for us. How can I please the Lord then? Well, we sang about it this morning. Did you know that? How can I please the Lord? God defeated Egypt, right? He gives examples before he gets there. God defeated Egypt and the false prophet. What will he do for you? Micah 6 4 5 says, For I brought you up from the land of Egypt, I redeemed you from the house of bondage, that's anything you're addicted to or trapped in, and I set before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, O my people, remember how, remember now what Balak the king of Moab counseled, and what Balaam the son of Beor answered him, from Achaia Grove to Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. I just got done reading about Balaam and Balak last week. God starts by giving examples how he defeated their enemies and delivered them. Remember Balak, he hired Balaam to come and curse God's people. And every time he tried for the money, all he could do was bless them. God to the King Balaam just ticked off. Finally, Balaam told him exactly how to, to mess up the children of Israel by getting them to sin. Now, this is what I'll tell you. I can't curse them. God will not let me curse them. But you know what? They'll get in trouble if he, they break his law. So what does he do? He takes a bunch of women from his, his kingdom, sends them down to the children of Israel, and boy, he had them dressed to the hills. I mean, they were good. They set the best-looking women down there. And they started seducing the men. And the next thing you know, the men again, oh, look at these girls. <laughs> She's interested in me. They're worshiping Baal. Oh, God got ticked and sent a plague amongst the people. So God told Moses, get all the leaders over here. And they all came to the tent of meeting, and God was having a meeting with them. And Eliezer, while the meeting is going on, Eliezer the priest, his dad Aaron, had died. Eliezer the priest sees what's going on, and he sees one of these women walking with one of the Israel guys. You know? And they walk into his tent and they're in the they start doing the nasty. <clears throat> Eliezer had a fit. While we're talking to God, and you guys have brought this plague on us because you're not supposed to be... It wasn't that they were getting together with the women, it was they were worshiping Baal, right? And so he had such a fit. He grabbed a spear. This is in the Old Testament. You can read about it. He grabs a spear, runs from the meeting. I know how God's talking to us, but I got a mission. I am the shepherd of these people. I'm a high priest now. He grabs the, <clears throat> the spear, runs into the tent, and the Bible says with one thrust, he ran them both through. And it ended the plague. Eliezer um, says, I'm serious about serving God. I know what my brothers did. They didn't listen to God. They did what they wanted to do, and God dropped them dead, his older brothers. I'm not that guy. You don't play with me. I'm going to serve the Lord. (laughs) You know what? They served the Lord all the days of Eliezer and Joshua's life. He wanted to be a good shepherd to his people. And he wasn't going to let this guy mess things up while they're talking with God to figure out how to end this plague and fix this thing. And the people repented then and there. So he said, Remember, I got you out of Egypt, out of your bondage. You know, the Ten Commandments is going to be on. So you've never watched it for a while, you can watch that. I mean, it's not a perfect move, movie about uh, the whole story because, you know, they rush to the end. God delivered Israel from Egypt where Pharaoh wanted to keep them in bondage. And and listen, folks, are you in bondage to something or someone? Let God deliver you by the blood of the Lamb because he can do it. Who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ. Of course, King Balak and Balaam, I told you the story plot against Israel, which almost worked. But God brought warning to Moses and the young... Young high priest acted like a shepherd, rescued his people. It brought repentance to the camp. Again, God rescued his people, didn't he? And he wants to rescue you. You don't have to be miserable. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy goes beyond happiness. You can be miserable and have joy. Did you know that? You can lose everything and have joy because it comes from the Lord. It's not based in emotion. Boy, if you can have joy going through a miserable time, wow, right? Why do you have joy? Because you know God's going to get you out of it. Right? Oh, we come to... We should wake up every day. Well, let me let me back up. With repentance, yes, we are provided with God's mercy and grace. How, how do we please the Lord with repentance? With obedience? I'm sorry, I skipped way ahead. How can we please the Lord with re- obedience and repentance? Micah 6, 7, um, chapter 6, verse 6, 7 says, With what shall I come before the Lord? And by myself before the high God, shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousands rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the first, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Saul got confused about that, didn't he? What does Samuel tell him? God is more concerned about your obedience and sacrifice. Right? Obedience and repentance. With obedience, God is always more pleased with us when we obey. Can I just meddle a little bit? Oh, somebody said yes. So I will. I know with life's challenges it's easier to compromise. But when we are obedient and live by our biblical values, God is able to answer our prayers in the most amazing ways than we ever expected. Is that enough for meddling? That wasn't so bad, was it? Well, man, I thought you were going to talk about me. No, I was not going to talk about you. If you thought that, you deal with it with the Lord. (coughs) With repentance. How do we please the Lord? With repentance. Yes, we are provided with God's mercy and grace. However, he is pleased with us when we take responsibility for our sin and ask for forgiveness. It is part of the process of transformation of our lives. Amen. You know, we should wake up every day and ask ourselves this How can I please my Heavenly Father today? How can I please my Heavenly Father today? Hmm. oh, there's no excuse not to walk in obedience and repentance. I know there's preachers out there today saying, oh, you don't have to repent because, oh, you've got the grace of God. It's all covered. You don't have to worry about it. Mm. You know what? A sin that you continue to do over and over and over again without repentance is not repentance. is not recovered under grace. Sorry, that's what the Bible actually teaches. But when you repent of your sin, you no longer want to do it any longer. That's what the Bible says. Because you have turned 180 degrees away from that sin. That doesn't mean it's not going to try to rear its ugly head in your life and you won't give in to it once in a while. But you know what? When God finally sets you free from it, those who I have set free are what? Free indeed. Indeed. Bible says if we say we have no sin that grace, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What does Paul answer? God forbid. John says if we say we have no sin, then we are liars. And Christ is not in us. But then he says if we we confess our sins he is able and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's talking to us Christians, folks. Come on, are we perfect yet? No, No, far from it. Aren't you glad he loves us in spite of ourselves? (laughs) And, and, And you do this once in a while. Look in the mirror and say, if God loves you, I can love you. Come on. If God can forgive me, I can forgive me. If God thinks I'm special, well, I can think I'm special too. So let's look, talk about this picture of true salvation. Oh, we just sang this. Micah 6.8. By now you have it memorized. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk, what? Humbly with your God. In this verse, the Lord proclaims not so much the way of salvation, but instead the results of true salvation. The phrase, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good, draws us back to the word of God itself. Right? And the answer to the question, and what does the Lord require of you, is given here. What's the three things? Honesty, mercy, humility. Boy, I've preached long today. Keep with me on there on Facebook. Don't walk away. Honesty, mercy, humility. It's easier to watching it on your smart TV on YouTube. We need to be honest. Honest with ourselves, honest with others, honest, honest with how we live. Honest with our God, we need to be have mercy. It means we show mercy, like God showed us mercy. So, Karen, you can't punch somebody just because they ticked you off. So, when they come into Burger King, you can't slap them around anymore. She said, "I never do that." <laughs> I know she never does that. I just didn't want to pick on Corey. <laughs> and thirdly, humility. Not thinking of ourselves more than we ought to. Now, you can't truly be humble unless you like yourself. Did you know that? If you can't... False humility is usually out of the fact that you don't like yourself. Did you know that you... And you can't love your neighbor unless you can be humble. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, if you can't love yourself, you can't be humble. If you can't love yourself, you can't love somebody else. If you can't love yourself, it's a mental disorder. Did you know that? Well, at least that's what they tell me. It leads to narcissism. Well, they think their selves are so great, yeah, because they're trying to compensate because they don't like themselves. And then all of a sudden it takes over and then they don't know, are you you starting to follow me? But if we can love our neighbors as we love ourselves, then we can be humble. That means we're thinking about somebody else better than ourselves, and we can show somebody mercy. That means if we're walking along, and Corey slips and falls on the banana peel, after we get done laughing, we go over and help her up and make sure she's okay. Well, you know that tiny would be laughing her head off if she slipped and fell on a banana peel. Now, if she slipped on on a sheet of ice, that'd be a whole, oh, Cory, are you okay? And she'd be sliding all over the place trying to pick Cory up, and then she'd fall down, and then Hal would be laughing then. And he'd be saying, don't be looking at me to get out of this car to pick you up. I'll be on the ground too. (laughs) (laughs) If we would live our lives to please the Lord daily, think how our God would fight our battles. And if we would live our lives in honesty, mercy, and in humility... Think about how we could encourage each other. More importantly, how could we be a living testament to those who need to be saved? Hmm. Let us pray. Lord, you have shown us such great love. Because you sent Jesus, your son, to die for us so that we could be saved. And the story doesn't finish there. He rose from the dead on the third day with a shout of victory. Because, Lord, now not only do we have grace and mercy, but because of the resurrection we also have hope. And because of our faith in you, we can be saved. Lord, help us to live a life that shows people honesty and mercy and humility. Help us to think beyond ourselves so that we can see others saved. And Lord, truly, in this culture we live in, we find it hard at times not to compromise. But Lord, help us to live for you daily help us, Lord, to put you first and to wake up every morning saying, how can I please my Heavenly Father? Oh, Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Touch us, I pray. I'm going to do something that I haven't done for a while without everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. If you want to be saved today, if you haven't done this, if you want to be saved, just lift your hand up and say, I want Jesus as my Savior. Lift your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you at home want to be saved today, just lift your hand symbolically and say, Lord, I want you in my heart. And pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of all my sins. And Lord, I lay my mess before you. I want to be finished with it. Be my Savior. Be my God. Thank you, Lord, for your grace your mercy, and your hope. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me on the cross. And I believe you rose again, and you're sitting at God's right hand, ready to receive me. Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you said that prayer with me, it's not a magic formula. It's having faith, believing in the one you prayed to, and welcome home. You are now saved. You're now, as Jesus would say, born again. If you said that prayer with me, come on, don't be shy. I know we live on the border of Minnesota and North Dakota, but if you said that prayer with me, will you just click the heart button? That's the least you can do. Or just make a comment there. I gave my heart to Jesus. We want to celebrate with you because the angels in heaven are celebrating the fact that you are now saved. We love you. And we're glad that you can join us by Facebook Live and YouTube every week and then um, throughout the week on Facebook Live. We're praying for you. We pray that you're praying for us too because we need each other in these last days. God bless. I will see you tomorrow morning on Facebook Live for a few minutes for our coffee break together. And uh, otherwise, I'm looking forward to seeing you again on Sunday. Have a good week. and Walk with the Lord. And do those three things. You know, honesty, mercy, and what's the other one? Humility. Do those three things. It'll show people you're saved. Hey, God bless. I'll see you next week.